This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company, and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. Welcome. How are you? That good? Really? I'm glad someone is. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You know, just I know it's a surprise when I tell you that I just kind of lay out what I'm going to talk about on the show and I have kind of an idea of what we're going to talk about. And then I come in here and I sit down. And I start seeing stories and new headlines and what's going on around the world and what's happening here and what's happening there. And it just, it almost feels like what I had in mind, it doesn't matter. It almost feels that way. I know to you, eh, eh, it's okay. For instance, I had this in my mind yesterday, and I thought, nah, I'm not going to worry about it. But then today, it just drives me insane. You know what day drives me crazy? The take your kids to work day. That drives me insane. Why do we have, I should have even looked up. When that stupid day started. In fact, we're going to do that right now. Take your kids to work day. Because I see this story about NPR. And they've got a big bunch of kids there. Take your kids to work day. And they've got take your sons, take your daughter. And when did it start? Take your kids to work day. History. History. So NPR, the big story is NPR goes off the air, right? They bring all these kids into this, into their radio station, into NBR, into their network, 
And some kid pushes a button which takes them off the air half the country. You know how many tours I've done at a radio station and let kids stand at the board? Which also drives me insane. The television reporter kept calling it a control panel. While it is a control panel, if you work in radio, which she obviously never has, it's called a board. It's the it's the radio board. It's the control board. It's not the control panel. Let's just clear that up right now for you TV people. Go to a radio station. It's not a control panel. Okay. So you bring kids in. You let them stand behind the board. You let them see the lights. And you let them slide the faders here and there. And go ahead and do that. Slide that fader up. And that happens there. And you tell them. It's real easy. Don't touch the buttons. And since you're right there, um, you pretty much could see them if they were to touch a button. So um, it just kills me that NPR would let something like that happen. As a side note. Second, the take your kids to work day drives me insane. It was expanded in 2003. When did this take our sons and daughters to work day? When did they want this stupid thing to start? Because don't parents, if you're a, if you're a parent, right, created in New York, summer of 1992, in the 90s. That's special. And then they expanded it to, oh, take your daughter to work day. And then they expanded it. They couldn't have just that. They had to take your sons and daughters. So it's just take our kids to work day. All right, as a parent, when I was a kid, I would, didn't you ever go to work with your father and your mother? At least even when you, they were off, you'd go to the, their place of employment, where they worked, what they did. You knew what they did. Right? I mean, I remember when my oldest son was a little baby. I was working for... I wasn't even working for a radio station. Oh, my gosh. I was working for a grocery chain. I know. Surprise. But I remember having a meeting, and it was on you know, on my so-called day off. And that's, you know, I, we're babysitters. I was watching my kid. I brought him to the meeting. And I remember people at my work, the, I remember the one pharmacy lady. <laughs> she just took him from me. You know nothing about taking care of a kid. Give him here. And she watched him the whole time I was there for the meeting. But he always went to work with me. And then I went back into radio. Yes, he went to work with me. Amazing. My two youngest kids grew up in these stupid radio stations. I just find it difficult to believe that we have to have a specific day to take our kids to work. How about you talk to your kids and let them know what you do and what they could do with their life? And guess what? I do this, but you could do more. Or 
This is how you do what we do. I just, I just don't understand how difficult it could be to be with your children. I can't figure out why we have to have a specific day and they make such a big deal about it. Now it's a, you know, it's a, it's a big thing. So I'm sure NPR, our national public broadcasting radio, whatever the hell their name is, has to make a big deal out of it. And they had a bunch of kids there. And you let the kid hit the button and take you off the air for more than a minute? Uh, no. Maybe maybe the kid hits the button. And you go, uh, hey, Julie's kid, that button you just hit, hit it again. You just knocked the West Coast off the air. Yeah, that's how easy it is, Julie's kid. Now back away from the board or the control panel, as the TV reporter likes to call it. I mean, I just, I really, it just drives me insane. Now that's where my head is right now. I know there's a lot of stuff to talk about. I know. I know there's stuff all going on all over the world. It's big, it's big day. Big stuff happening. And we have a lot of stuff to talk about on this show too. And you've got all day to listen to Blaze Radio. All day. we got Michael Pelkin coming up after this broadcast. we got Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, and Joe Paggs this afternoon live. He'll cover everything for you. Right down to the nitty-gritty of this election. And I've got some, you know, we've got, we've got political stuff to talk about. Maybe. But. If you're a parent and you're listening to me right now, and you got a little baby in your hands, you say, oh, such a cute little baby. I love you. And when they start getting a little bit bigger, show them what you do in life. Show them what puts food on the table for them. Show them that, yeah, when daddy leaves the house, he leaves to go here. So that when I say, see you later, and you're thinking about me during the day, I'm here. Or I do this. I drive all around. I remember as a driving, delivering with my grandfather, worked for Standard Oil. And we'd deliver, we'd deliver heating oil to homes all over. So, I mean, that's what he did. I drove around with them. I would I'd stay with them all summer. He used to do that part-time after he, after he sold the farm. I mean, did I go with them? Yes. I loved it. That's what you do. It wasn't, today is take your kid to work day. Let's go. Going to be with all these other kids back there in the break room eating donuts and pretending to see that this is actually where I work and what I do. But today, we're not doing anything because your kids are here. Don't you see where I work, right? Okay, now get out of here. Go back to your public school. And then we'll... We've got some other stories today that we're going to show you that what happens when all you kids go to public school and 
realize that, my God, you're stupid. But hey, happy Saturday on the Blaze Radio Network. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company. And it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Real estate agents, I trust.com. The Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. And just as a side note, um, I looked, and uh, this is how exciting uh, Take Your Kid to Work Day is. Um, I brought my daughter with me today, and uh, she's in in a chair behind me by about 10 feet, sound asleep. That's how good this show is for her. <sighs> sound asleep. Oh, he's yapping again. Shh. <laughs> Okay, good story. Makes you smile. Makes you think, yeah. For a while. A would-be burglar in the hospital after an 11-year-old boy shot him in the leg. In Alabama. Now, he said he he learned how to shoot from his stepfather. And uh, he shot uh, 12 shots at the burglar. Hit him once. I would say maybe some training is still necessary. However, he got a shot in and dropped the burglar and got him, right? So, you know, it counts. And you're nervous and you're scared and you're a little kid. He said that he came into the house and the guy was coming down the stairs with this hamper of whatever was in the hamper and uh, told me he was going to kill me and uh, just walked right past the boy. Apparently thought that the gun was fake and then he, you know, started shooting. Now to hear the boy makes you smile. And Chris Gaithier had this to say about shooting the burglar. 
I told him I was going to kill him all that with a gun if he didn't get out of my house. <laughs> he continued. When he's come downstairs and told me he's going to kill me and F you all that. Really? Okay. I shot through a hamper that he was carrying, and it, went, it was a full metal jacket bullet. I went straight through the bag and hit him in his leg. And he started crying like a little baby. <laughs> Is that it? When I pulled the gun out on him, I guess he didn't think it was a real gun because he, he didn't worry about it. He just kept on walking. Think about it. Yeah, about I play it. zombies for target practice. Oh, that nice. I hope you learned a lesson from coming to this house trying to steal stuff. Now, the parents apparently uh, claim that this is not the first time that this person or someone has robbed their home. And so good for him. Good for this kid. Now, I'm pretty brave of this kid, actually, 11-year-old. I mean, he, I get that he's, a, you know, he's been target practicing and he plays, a, you know, shooting zombies on TV. And uh, he's 11, so I'm sure his folks think it's okay for him to watch, uh, you know, The Walking Dead, which, whatever. It's their kid. So he finally shoots him running away, right? The guy's out of the house. He's running away. He's jumping over the fence, finally gets him in the leg, drops him, and it's a good deal. And everybody's happy. And he started crying like a little baby. <laughs> so good, so good, 11-year-old. He started crying like a little baby. And everybody's happy, and it's a beautiful thing, Right? Right. Well, then in a related story, um, man sees a burglar running away from his home, fired his rifle, shot him in the left arm. Now, the man who shot the burglar ended up getting 60 days in jail. Okay? Because the jury found the homeowner guilty of criminal recklessness. His sentence included four months of home detention following his imprisonment. The burglar pleaded guilty to burglary and was placed on three years of electronic home detention. Last week, the burglar filed a lawsuit against the homeowner. Claiming that, hey, yeah, I plead, I pled guilty to a related burglary last year, but I hadn't entered the garage and never entered the defendant's garage for the purpose of stealing property. Wait. The lawsuit requests a monetary award in an amount sufficient to compensate Bailey for all damages. Uh-huh. Now, what the lawsuit contends is that the burglar was in an alley behind this guy's home and the guy came out of his home firing his weapon in the air in response to a security alarm that sounded in his garage. Then as the burglar, I'm sorry, the would-be burglar uh, fled, 
off his property, the homeowner continued to fire his weapon and shot him in the alley. One narrowly missed the burglar's head, the suit claims. And then one struck his arm, piercing an artery, resulting in serious and permanent damage. I'm torn. Pled guilty. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I tried to, I robbed him. I tried to rob him in the garage. But then really, no, I never did. And also, I had not entered the garage. Never entered the defendant's garage for the purpose of stealing property. I had not entered the garage and never entered the defendant's garage for the purpose of stealing property. So at one point, I may have gone into his garage, but it wasn't to steal anything. I was just hanging out. I said, oh, man, that's a nice garage. I should just go in there and, you know, check it out. Then I'll leave. Right. I wonder if he uh, he cried like a little baby, too. What did he do, Chris? He started crying like a little baby. <laughs> I shot him in the leg. He was running away. And what happened, Chris? He started crying like a little baby. <laughs> I bet he did. I bet he did. Thanks, Chris. What What happened, Chris? He started crying like a little baby. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. A lot more to get to today. Thank you so much for uh, coming along for the ride. You can uh, follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. Instagram, at JeffyMRA. Three social media outlets that you can follow me, this show, my life. Yes. And you can take this show with you anytime. Of course, you're listening on wherever you're listening at. You can go to theblaze.com slash radio. Scroll down to the Jeff Fisher Show. Download the segments and the shows and take me with you wherever you want. Now, I'm told I've got to remind you to subscribe and comment. It's free. But it means a lot to our social media experts if you do that. So do that for this show. I don't care what you do for the other shows. I mean, you probably should do that with them. Okay. I mean, they, they're good shows and all, but <laughs> I don't care. I really don't care. So in the break, talking to uh, the people in New York, because I'm uh, out in our Mercury Studios in Dallas, Texas. 
Dallas is one of those cities where you really don't have to say Texas after it, do you? I mean, it sounds kind of cool, Dallas, Texas. But when you say Dallas, nobody thinks uh, Texas or Illinois. Uh, no, it's Texas. You know that. Or is that uh, in Southeast Asia or is that in Texas? No, it's Dallas. I mean, you just say Dallas. So you pretty much know, right? I mean, the big cities in the United States don't necessarily need the state that they're in. It just sounds cool to say it, right? Okay. So anyway, I'm broadcasting in Dallas, Texas. And uh, the studios that uh, control what you hear are in New York, Manhattan. And I hear, hey, did you hear about the guy in Brooklyn that's making pizza? And then he makes a box out of pizza, so you get a pizza in a pizza. Now, that first of all, that is completely New York. We got to go there. We got to order. We can just hop a couple of trains and be there. So I look at the picture. Pizza box, pizza. Pizza box made entirely of pizza. No waste. 100% pizza. 100%. Delicious. <laughs> and it does look good. I will give you that. It does look good. Uh, Vinny's Pizza in Brooklyn. Vinny's Brooklyn. It does look good. Now, I am, it, they serve it on a, it's, the picture of it is sitting on a tray. So if you if you're ordering it at Vinny's and going to eat it at Vinny's, you don't really necessarily need a box, right? Do you? So, I mean, it's just uh, for fun. You got a lot of coverage out of it. And if you're going to take it, you don't want to deliver it for sure. Ooh, thank you. Because then you need a box in a box. And if you go and get it, it's still going to be tough to carry, right? I mean, you're going to need some kind of box to carry the box and the pizza so it's more for show and get it at Vinny's but it does look good and makes me want pizza anyway anyway so I'm reading uh, tonight Saturday is a big day today around the country I mean uh, all kinds of stuff going on around the country we've, we've got uh uh I think the White House uh, Correspondents' Dinner is tonight. That will be good, won't it? It sure will. I can't wait for the written jokes for our president to have, and it will be his last one, hopefully. And then it will be really funny. I hope, you know what they need to do is just, I hope, if and when, Ted Cruz becomes president. He just gets rid of this stupid thing altogether. And I say Ted Cruz because you know Donald Trump is, if he becomes president, no way he gets rid of it. Hillary, no way she gets rid of it. The only one that could get rid of it and live with it is Ted Cruz. That's it. He's the only one. And he's the only one out of those three 
see where he was trying to, somebody was trying to be, uh, ha, 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 I'm going to get Ted Cruz. I'm going to get him. So he brought a uh, communist manifesto book and wanted Ted Cruz to sign it at an appearance. And now, if someone stuck a communist manifesto book in front of you, what would you do? Would you say no? Would you hope that he just signed it and said, oh, I got that group to sign the communist manifesto. However, takes it, he says, no, 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 I'll sign it. I'll sign it. And he signs it. Millions have suffered because of this. Ted Cruz. Do you think Hillary and or Donald Trump would have signed that book that way? They probably would not have signed it, just made him get away, take it away. But no way do they sign it like that. So, just saying. He's the only one that could get rid of the communist... correspondence dinner. Oh, did I call it a communist correspondence dinner? Oh, I didn't mean that. So sorry. So sorry. So we got that going on. We've got the opera in Fort Worth. Where's the paper? I got, I brought, I I thought I brought the paper. Hold on. Hold on. At the Opera in Fort Worth, Texas. Is that another city I'm not supposed to say Texas after? JFK's Last Night. The Fort Worth Opera's ambitious commission sheds light on a little-known side of the first family. Now, the picture on the Fort Worth Weekly is of a, looks like a female body laying down with the works. She's holding a needle. Got a couple of empty bottles, a couple of empty uh, medical bottles and a couple of other uh, prescription bottles, cigarettes, the Bible, pearls, and a, her rubber rubber vein popper. JFK's last night, and it's an opera. And it opens up, it's already, it's going to open in Canada after a while, and it's already opening up tonight in uh, Fort Worth. And it's about their, you know, their last night and Kennedy's last night. Now, I read what it's about. It, this, it doesn't show, it shows that uh, President Kennedy was uh, worse off than we thought as far as uh body pain and was taking a lot of painkillers doesn't from the article it doesn't talk about him shooting up anything there's an interesting picture they put on the cover of the fort worth weekly and it talked about their last night and how uh you know he did real well and how ominous it was and it talks about morning to noon and then noon to the evening and uh, as much as i mean I know. Listen, I am selling going to see this opera. I know. It's like an ad for this thing. And uh, I actually do kind of want to see it just because, just because. 
And, you know, it leaves you with, you know, their last night and their last thing. So, you know, the last words are, you know, I'm sure you'll do great in Dallas, too, because he, he did a speech that morning in Fort Worth and then came to Dallas for the drive. And that's when he was assassinated. And, I mean, that's the old joke, right? I mean, we've all, I mean, I did the joke <laughs> in my one stand-up, in my stand-up routine. Uh, in the one stand-up routine that I did, I used to do I did that joke about uh, Fort Worth and Dallas, and how uh, you know Dallas and Fort Worth have always had this kind of uh, love-hate relationship. It is Dallas, Fort Worth, Metroplex, and DFW, and you know Fort Worth has always seemed like the stepchild, and and uh, but that's uh, you know their their big deal is is that uh, you know President. K- you know, President Kennedy was shot in Dallas, and Fort Worth is like, hey, he was fine when he left here. <laughs> so, and I believe that's their motto. Hey, he was fine when he left here. Thank you. Be here all week. So one of the things you've got to look forward to uh, in the future is YouTube is soon going to roll out six-second ads that you can't skip. Yay! It's a new option to help advertisers get their message to consumers. Now, first of all, this little five, six-second ads is not new. Um, The great radio chain Clear Channel started doing this uh, a long time ago. Okay, the quick five-second bumps, man, and they are ads. Information, and that's it. And Clear Channel started selling those a long time ago. So, YouTube, you can pretend that this is a new deal for you, but it isn't. I mean, it's video, so you'll add some video, but that's about it, okay? Uh, Good luck. And you can't skip through them. They're still going to, um, so they're designed to be a better companion to the shorter video clips that millions of YouTube users are watching on smartphones. Oh, so we're still going to get the big ads on the bigger videos. Yay! Yay! I noticed more and more uh, websites are producing videos and putting ads on those videos that you can't skip. And I would just like to say that I watch about maybe 40% of those. Uh, maybe. I mean, I if it's something I need to watch, uh, I'll sit through the ad. And, I, you know, look, I'm a commercial guy. Well, commercials pay the bills. I got it. I understand it. It's just annoying. That's all. It's just annoying. I know it is. It's just annoying. You watch regular television now and you have to sit through commercials agonizing. And I love commercials. I love them. I mean, I, I, didn't, I don't mind... DVRing shows and then fast forwarding through commercials and being able to just kind of see them. So if I see something that jumps out at me during the fast forward, I can stop and go back and look at that ad. I don't mind that. But to have to actually sit through them, oh, so tedious. I mean, I watch a lot of shows. I mean, first of all, I watch very little on live television now. And since I don't have the cable box to DVR the shows, I mean, I'm watching most of these shows on, you know, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. So, you know, uh, no commercials. Okay. Uh, No commercials. Which uh, 
I'm a huge fan of. But again, I love you know I'm okay with that. But I'm guessing that sooner or later YouTube is going to have to go to the like the six second ads. They're just break they're just breaking you in to not being able to skip through the ads. We'll break them in. We'll give them the six second quick hits. We won't be able to fast forward through them, and then they'll get to the video, and then sometime in about six months from now. Uh, all ads you will not be able to skip through, and they'll just they'll just do a quick press release. Uh, all ads are now going to be on YouTube that you can't skip through. Press release done, and so you're gonna hit play, and that ad's gonna start, and you're gonna think it's the six second ad, and thirty to sixty seconds later, you're still into the commercial world. I will say though. One of the things that will help the websites with their commercials, when they have commercials that you can't skip through, if you, I will sit through them more. I find myself sitting through them more and watching them more when there's a countdown on the screen telling me how long before the video. But hey, what do I know? This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. So much more to get to today. New details in Prince's death. As a, and I think you'll find that it really isn't going to feel new. It's just going to feel like, um, yeah, of course. What did you think? But we'll get to it. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. How in the world are you? I'm sorry, I was just looking at my smartphone. To see what time it is in Nairobi. It's 2.06 p.m. in in Nairobi right now. And uh, something to look forward to today is the big uh, ivory burn in Nairobi, Kenya going on today. And it says the ceremonial burning in Nairobi National Park at noon will be attended. So it's either already happening, already burning, and it started burning a couple hours ago. 
or it's noon Eastern because all the East Coast stations that you know in New York are still running the story, which would make it, which I find hard to believe because then it's, it would be what uh, six hours from now, so eight o'clock at night in Kenya. Well, that'd be kind of cool to see the see the burn at night in Kenya. So maybe that's when it is. So you can look forward to looking for that uh, throughout the day today, sometime, sometime today. The big ivory burn. Um, tusks from more than 6,000 illegally killed elephants will be burned in Kenya today. And you see the photos and the videos of them uh, stacking them up. It's fascinating to see them. I mean, it's millions of dollars worth of of ivory. Uh, and Kenya says it's not worth anything to us. 105 tons of elephant ivory, 1.35 tons of rhino horn, exotic animal skins, and other products such as sandalwood and medicinal bark. The destruction of illicit wildlife goods dwarfs anything similar that has been done before. Wow. Tusks from about 8,000 elephants, rhino horns, and the monkey skins. Going up in smoke, baby. Up in smoke today. So look forward to the video. That'll be a fascinating video to watch if you're a, you know, if you're a pyro freak. I mean, I'm not. I'll be watching for, you know, because it's news. It's not that I just love watching things burn. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch the uh, the ivory burn, no doubt about that. It may, you know, it might be even live on the Kenyan Facebook page. You never know. I know they're a little busy in Kenya. I mean, the president's going to be there to light the torch, but they've got the building uh, that they're rescuing people uh, underneath. Uh, that just fell down. Eh, it rained a little bit. Oh, we'll we'll build, build the the building will fall. So, if there's any any argument for uh, government regulations, that might be one. I know, I know. I'm not big on it, but it just it might be. You know, maybe we need some regulations around the buildings because you don't see a lot of that. I don't know here in the U.S. On the other hand. Uh, maybe the next time they build the building, it'll be a little bit better because no one really wants the building to fall. And in other elephant news, and other elephant news, Ringling Brothers, and we've talked about it on this broadcast before, giving up their elephants. And today is the last day of the Ringling Brother and Barnum and Bailey Circus Elephants. They'll perform... Today. And that's it. They're done. They're performing in Pennsylvania and Rhode Island. I said today, tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. You can still see them today. It's tomorrow. I apologize. The elephant tusk burn is today. The last day for the elephants for the Ringling Brother and Barnum and Bailey Circus is tomorrow. Whew, Sorry. Okay, sorry. Now, I guess they're going to, uh, you know, be able to see it live. 
uh, on their Facebook page, their last final show. So you can go there and check that out of the final show. I might actually do that. It might be worth a watch. And then off to Florida they go. Now, I find it interesting that Florida has drought conditions, has had drought conditions for years, and they are always crying poor for water. They're pushing for the desal plant to work and be cranking out more. Uh, but yes, but we can't have that because of the environment. We've got the desal plant cooking out the salt, and we've got uh, they're digging, building like crazy, and that's because the sinkholes and the water holes and things are dropping down, and we need water, 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 drought, drought, drought. And yet, the water-loving elements use eighty gallons of water a day, drinking and bathing. So they're bringing in more elephants to Central Florida that use 80 gallons of water a day. It would just seem, I don't know, a little strange. Crying for drought. I mean, nobody, I don't want the elephants to die of thirst. It just seems strange is all. But I guess really what's strange is that on that property that the elephants are on, if they could build hotels housing, you know, 8 billion people that use a heck of a lot more than 80 gallons of water a day, they would. So on the other hand, it's good that the elephants are there. But they're retiring them. It's going to be strange without uh, the Ringling Brother and Barnum Bailey without the elephants. I mean, the elephants is the iconic part of the circus, right? No, Jeff, it's the it's the clowns and the, the other acts. Uh-huh. No, it is. It's the lions and the tigers. Uh-huh. When they stand up on the horses and ride around in circles, that's what they're there for. Uh-huh. When the elephants come out, it's really no big deal, although it's the biggest deal of the circus. That's correct. But it really isn't important, and it's more safe to have the elephants, you know, back at the farm in Florida than touring and making money for this company. Oh, okay. Good luck. To Ringling Brother and Barnum and Bailey Circus without the elephants. Good luck. Now, a quick uh, on the Prince update. Of course, you knew it was going to happen. They're all over the Prince uh, story with his drug addiction and uh, the opioids. And then was there a special doctor involved? And did he have, was he getting prescriptions? And was he going crazy? Did he have illegal drugs or prescribed drugs? And he had an opioid. I am so sick. And tired of hearing about the issue of opioid addiction. I cannot tell you. If you are in pain and you're taking opioids, yes, you are going to be addicted. There's a there's a line. Of course you're going to be addicted. It's stupid to think that your body isn't going to need it. Okay, do I think that if you don't need it, you should have it? No. If you don't need it, you're not going to get it. I just don't. We have medication that will help you not have pain. I get there's abuses. There's abuses to everything. I got it. We have a medication that relieves the pain in the human body. 
Now, when you take that medication, it, your body will become addicted to it, but it will help you be out of pain. So we want you to be out of pain, but not really because your body might become addicted to it. So we don't want you to become addicted to it. So you can't take the medication that will make you feel better. Now, there's a new drug on the street. Speaking of that, what the heck is it called? W18. W18. It's a new synthetic painkiller drug uh, developed in Canada. Then uh, the Chinese started making it, so it's making its way back into this hemisphere from China through Canada. supposed to be more potent than than morphine, than the other opioids, and it's synthetic. And it's not illegal because it hasn't been tested uh, by anyone. So if it's in the States, the problem is is that they're finding it here in the States cut with heroin and cocaine, which, of course, is illegal. But the W-18 is not. So if you could just get a hold of the W-18... Uh, you'd be okay, at least for a while. And it's supposed to be more potent, uh, a bunch of thousands of times more potent than the than the morphine. I mean, it's really, it's a, uh, uh, really strange on how potent it's supposed to be. And they're saying that it's less addictive. Uh, it was, you know, Canada, 84. Then they didn't make it. They put it on the shelf. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they got scared. And so then the Chinese chemists found it, started developing it. And it's 10,000 times stronger than morphine, according to the story. Whether that's true or not, I mean, don't know that. But they found uh, two and a half pounds in a, in Florida. I miss Florida. Now, see where he got into trouble with. They found this W-18 with this Florida guy, but he goes to prison because he was smuggling fentanyl and probably other things. But what he went to prison for was was for smuggling fentanyl from China. So if he'd have just kept the W-18, it'd have been fine because it's not illegal and it wouldn't have been smuggling. But now they're concerned because there's a new drug of W18. So just beware, okay? Just beware. That's all I'm saying. Just beware. So a couple of million-dollar ideas came out this week, and I found it fascinating. One million-dollar idea was from our very own Glenn Beck, who came up with an idea that I thought was great. And within that idea, he came up, he gave thought, gave another prediction, which brought out another idea in my head that I thought, okay, I like that. That's another million-dollar idea. His idea was the bathroom store, right? We're having such a big deal about the bathrooms. And how about that, huh? I hope we have time to get to that because that whole bathroom thing is driving me crazy. But, you know, be sure, boycott whoever you want to boycott. Don't go wherever you want to go. Do business with who you want to do business with, Okay. Just know that who you're dealing with. That's all I ask. Important, know who you're dealing with. And 
if you go into a place that allows uh, anyone to use any bathroom and I'm at that establishment, I will be in the restroom uh, with my children, uh, specifically my daughter, and I will be standing there identifying as a female in the female bathroom as my daughter uses the restroom. And let's please question me on that, please. It's okay, because at the time that I'm in the bathroom with my daughter and she's going to the restroom, I'm identifying as a female at that time. So leave me alone. That having been said, Glenn's idea was a bathroom store. So the the store itself is just a bathroom store where you use, you go in and you have private bathrooms and you pay to use the private bathrooms. A, trem- a million dollar idea, right? Million dollar idea. And that goes to Stu's plan of one bathroom, one one person, one bathroom. His plan, which, you know, I, I don't disagree with at all. One person, one bathroom, you're fine. But the million dollar idea of the bathroom store I love. Now they do have the uh, uh, traveling bathrooms, and not the porta potties, but they actually do have. I've been in where they bring in the. It's like a a, a a trailer that has really nice bathrooms. They park the trailer, hook it up, and they you know it's a, it's a porta potty, all inclusive trailer, but they're really nice. And I'm sure those only cost eighteen billion dollars a day. To wheel them in, but I have seen them. I've used them, and they're really nice. So they those are available as well to use for events. But within his little talk of bathroom store inside malls, his idea was that malls will be dead in ten years. No more malls because uh, people are buying things online or separate stores or what have you. But that brought out an interesting idea. Where we talked last week about ESPN. Uh, broadcasting uh, drone racing, right? And how they were going to have the big events here in the U.S. and they were going to be broadcasting it, the drone races. What else could you use the malls for? What else could you use the malls for? Oh, I know. Drone racing. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Billy Hollowell is coming up uh, after the bottom of the hour break. Going to talk about his new book coming out. Uh, Armageddon. What is the title of his new book? Since, uh, you know, I I didn't get a copy. Uh, Hey, Jeff, can you talk? uh, You know, maybe we can talk about my new book on your show. Sure, Billy, no problem. Just let you know, let me know when, it, when it's coming out. Uh, it'll be out on May 3rd, so, you know, I'd really like to talk about it a little while. Oh, okay, no problem. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how many books Billy has written. We'll ask him. Uh, but uh, I know most authors, uh, I don't know, they send a book out to the people that uh, want to talk to them about their book. So you could read it and say, hey, <laughs> Billy, I just got done reading your book, Armageddon Code, and I'd like to ask you a few questions. 
But no, that's not the way it is. What I, how we're going to do it is we're going to say, hey, Billy, I didn't read the book since I didn't get a copy. Tell us about your book. And the only reason I'm going to give him a hard time is because he's Billy Hollowell. I like him. I miss seeing him. I used to see him every day when I was working in Manhattan, and I don't see him anymore. When I was working in Manhattan at the studios, uh, Mercury Studios in Manhattan, I'd get there, uh, you know, get there early, and you'd hang out. And Billy was one of the first ones always there. So you know, we got a chance to see each other early in the morning almost every day. It was you know, at least three or four times a week. So it was good to see him. He's a good guy. And so you know, it'd be interesting, be nice to talk to him again. Where are we at? In, you know, we talked a little bit about the bathrooms, and I and I'm seriously, I'm not kidding about. Uh, going into the bathroom with my daughter because she's old enough now. I was just thinking about this not long ago before all this gender equality happened. And, uh, you know, I said, okay, well, you know, she gets, she's old enough. She gets to go in the girl's bathroom. I'll wait right here. I'll wait right outside the door. And I hear her always yapping with other women in there. And ha, 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 ha. And uh, is that your daughter? So cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, if anything happened, I'll be right there. But I'm telling you, if we're at a place that there's no telling what could go in and out of those bathrooms, I am definitely no questions asked to me. I am definitely a female at that time and going in with no quit. You can go in the stall. I'll be right out here. But I am identifying as a female right now. And we're supposed to be all inclusive. And then there's the story of the group that black women and non-gender conforming people were all got together. We're supposed to be getting together, but they couldn't get together because it was protested because it wasn't all black women. I mean, we're supposed to be all inclusive and yet not inclusive at all. We're supposed to empower, but marginalize. We're supp- I mean, it's absolutely, oh my gosh, it's close to Armageddon. <gasps> the name of Billy Hollowell's book, The Armageddon Code. <gasps> it's right on target. The Jeff Fisher Show, The Blaze Radio Network. That it is. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Puro Pelka, Michael Pelka coming up immediately following this broadcast. Not sure what Mike is giving away today. Could be uh, just the uh, Opelka paper clips. Not sure. I didn't hear anything in the break room this week, so I'm just guessing it could be the Opelka paper clips. But you can listen in and see what he's giving away. And then uh, a little bit of... Uh, Jay Severin Rewind, and then Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Paggs, all live on the Blaze Radio Network. That is your Saturday. No need to go anywhere else than right here on the Blaze Radio Network. William Harris Hollywell III. You know him as Billy Hollowell. Hi, Billy. <laughs> There's a couple of things here. I, I cannot get over the idea of what a Michael Pelka paperclip would look like. So I have, to, oh, I, I have to start there. I mean, it's just possible that he's giving it away. I don't know that. I'm just guessing. 
I love it. Oh, All right. I love that you went with my full name. That's great. That's You're welcome. Good. You're welcome. No problem. I went with your full name, Billy, because I'm a little ticked you have an IMDb page and I don't. Okay? So I'm just saying that I'm angry at you right off the bat for having that IMDb uh, page. But it, on I that, it, it says your full name, born William Harris Hollowell III. And I, I, that's a strong name, powerful name. I love it. That should it be is, the, it's kind of a crazy name. But, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good is that the Is that the name you used on the Armageddon Code? No, no, I use Billy Hollowell. Uh, <laughs> all right, so the new book, Armageddon Code. End of times, the world is over. Do you predict a day when we're all dead in the book? <laughs> no, I don't. And I think yeah, this is one of those topics, right, You know, Armageddon, the end times, that people kind of, like, they either become completely obsessed with it or they kind of laugh it off. And so it's, it's a tough topic to kind of write on, but, but this book, The Armageddon Code, it basically – like it basically goes through about 20 experts who have spent their lives studying this issue, looking at the Bible, and it, it allows them to tell us what they think. And of course, none of them agree with one another on almost anything. So the book sort of documents, here is like, here's the battle. Here's what these people believe is going to happen at the end of days. And so it, it really, it's kind of a crazy eye-opening um, experience writing the book. And I think I'm hoping people will feel the same after they read it. When you got done talking to your experts, and you said most of them don't agree with uh, with their with what they believe, uh, you know they have different outcomes. What's the running theme that they all believe? Yeah, I think that that's the really interesting thing here, right? And and all of these people obviously believe that, you know, they look back to the Old Testament and they believe that there's a lot in there about Jesus, you know, prophesying Jesus coming. But what they all believe is that there's a lot of mystery here. Um, now, some of them are, are a little bit more dogmatic, like they will map out exactly timelines, not when they think, you know, in terms of a date it will happen, but they will map out certain events in sort of an order of events. But the one thing a lot of them agreed on was that there's mystery and that, some of this is intentionally mysterious, and it is really fascinating. If you go back to the Old Testament and you look at all the different you know, tidbits and pieces throughout the Old Testament talking about this Messiah who will come, you know, Jesus satisfies all of those things, but it's, they're all over the place, and they're kind of mixed together. And these people, these experts view the end times in the same way, that there are a lot of pieces that are mixed together throughout the Old and the New Testament talking about the end. Um, you know, but, but they also, a lot of them, and not all of them, because some don't believe, there actually is a group of people who believe that Jesus sort of already returned, and that happened in A.D. 70, that he, you know, with his, with his death uh, okay. and the destruction of, of Rome. So, so they don't all agree on that, but a lot of them see the end times approaching. Whether or not they think we're there yet, they feel like we're marching towards that. And you? And me. Well, that's, you know, th- this is... A lot of people have asked me this, and I don't give, I don't tell people what to think in this in this book. But the thing that I find the strangest, no, you have to, like you, if, have to if, you have to tell me what to think, Billy. You want you want me to guide you? Well, I here's have what I will to tell say. you. Israel is such a strange dynamic, right? Like modern day Israel. I feel like if you look at Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, which is written like twenty five hundred years ago. Israel is talked about in the book of Ezekiel, this, this notion of people you know, being dispersed and then gathered back together in Israel, and it talks, and this is the part that kind of blows my mind, right? So if I were an atheist, I would look at this and I would say, 
huh, th- this is at least odd. You know, you may not believe in God, right. you may not believe the Bible, but this is odd. It actually lists out this coalition of nations who will go against Israel once Israel comes back together. And as we know, Israel was a nation again in 1948, but the first nation in this coalition is Persia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as we know, Persia is, is Iran. And so it, to me, how strange is it that somebody wrote a book 2,500 years ago talking about Israel coming back together, that happened in 1948, and then talking about one of its main enemies being Persia. It's just that's almost an impossibility for somebody to predict out. Now, a lot of the experts I interviewed don't believe, they don't believe that that's a prophecy that will be fulfilled. They think it already happened. But it leaves me at least scratching my head. Right. Is it is it prophecy or are we just willing it to happen because it's written down? Yeah, and that's a great uh, question. You know, a lot of people <laughs> will say will say that, right? But think, I guess, and this is where you get into very you know bizarre you know territory. But you know, what sort of led to Israel coming back? Um, and and you talk, you think about the Holocaust and all these horrific things that sort of have happened to Jewish people over time. You know, and you look at what's happening now with the Islamic State. People are sort of flooding back to Israel, and that, and that was something that a lot of these experts were, were talking about. Uh, but yeah, I think that's an important question too. And 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 looking at all of this, you know, which parts are, are vague, you know, in the Bible, and a lot of it's vague. Right. You know, wars, rumors of wars, all these things that will happen in the end. Um, you know, Matthew twenty-four. You know, Jesus talks about a lot of these things. Well, you know, we've always kind of had wars and rumors of wars. I do think um, that people are feeling that something is off right now, though, and that there's sort of this – think about the culture. I mean, everything seems to just be detaching a little bit. Now, that doesn't mean that the end times are here, but I do think for right. a lot of these experts, they, they believe we're marching towards that. Well, I mean, yes, we, we hear that all the time, right? I mean, we, we, we feel that, uh, you know, something just isn't right. Right, exactly. It seems like the earth is spinning so fast, I'm going to fly right off. It's wrong. What's wrong with the world? <laughs> now, we've felt that way for many, many years, for a long time. Right. Um, are there, is it because we have more people on earth that it seems like we have more people believing that it's closer to the end of times? Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know that. I'm just... Speculate. Yeah, no, I think these are these are all look. This is a it's a tough topic, right? And that's why we when you go to twenty different experts, and some of them agree with one another, but a lot of them have very different views. And you can get into the very specifics of this this notion of an antichrist rising eventually. Um, a lot of them believed that. Some did not. They believed that that was something that happened in the past or that it was meant to be um, something that should not be taken literally, right? And all of this, all of this requires looking back at a lot of different parts of the Bible and piecing them together. And, that, and that's right. a complicated thing to do. You know, right? So you could, 10 different people can look at that and come away. But the, the point of um, the Armageddon Code is to really get people thinking about these things. It's not, you know, you, you kind of want to walk away and say, this is what people believe, and I have a better understanding of it now. And then you could start to think about, okay, well, what do I believe, and how can I solidify that? And I think even if you're an atheist and you read this book, it will give you a good idea of why people believe what they believe, because all of this impacts how you view Israel, how you view current events, how you view almost everything. It would feel like to me that if you're an atheist, you would almost want to, I don't know, hedge your bet and figure, <laughs> you know, because if it's not real, you're good, right? If, if, there, if there is no heaven, there is no God, you're good. Yeah, I knew it all along. But if there is, don't you want to hedge your bet a little? I'm going to say, you know exactly, what? I yeah. did believe, I did believe, I did believe, really I did. <laughs> 
in my heart somewhere, I, I did totally I did. believe that. You, you know, know I did. One of the things that just strikes me, I, how much did you know much about the rapture, this notion that Christians before the end of times, you know, where when it all starts to ramp up, Christians sort of disappear. Um, this is a theory that uh, premillennialists have. That's a group of, of Christians who sort of look at this stuff and they say, yeah, well, we believe that the Bible sort of says that Christians will basically, Jesus comes back, meets the Christians in the air, they're gone, and that's why you have the whole Left Behind series and, and right, you know, right, books okay. and movies. Um, and then and then the world goes through the seven-year tribulation period, this awful right. period of time Horrible. the Antichrist rises, all of that. And then it comes back to um, beautiful, beautiful flowers growing everywhere all over the earth, and it's a wonderful <laughs> thing. Now, so, I mean, the rapture is probably the most, controversial piece of, of all of this. And we were actually able for the book to go out and ask pastors, about a thousand pastors, what do you believe about the end times? And, you know, we asked them three questions. We asked about the Antichrist. Do they believe it'll be a literal person? We asked about the rapture. Um, and we also asked about this millennium kingdom. If you, if you go to uh, Revelation, there's this mention of a thousand year reign of Jesus on earth in the future. Um, is that literal? Is it not literal? What does that mean? And it was really really fascinating. Like on the rapture, about 36% of pastors believe that it would happen. The Christians would be taken up before the rest of the end times events. But there was a lot of debate. Uh, there was way more debate on all of those issues among pastors than you would have thought there would have been. Hmm. That is fascinating. Now, uh, okay, so the Armageddon Code, I can. It's it comes out May 3rd, is that right? Yes. Yep, on Tuesday it's coming out. So are you on a whirlwind uh, worldwide tour, uh, book signing? Uh, starting uh, Tuesday. You know, it's interesting. We're st- yeah, we're kind of starting up a lot of radio, a lot of interviews, um, and you know, we're going to kind of take it from there and see where the interest is. This is a you know, this is a different kind of book because I think when people go out and buy and buy these books, they're looking for somebody to tell them exactly what's going to happen. You know, this is. Right. Well, I would have li- I would have liked to have actually read it, you know, before I talked to you, but I didn't get a copy, so you know, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's all right. Go- I'm sorry, <laughs> Billy. I, did I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Listen, you know how you know how it is. You'll probably end up getting a copy on Monday. It always happens right after you got to do the interview. But, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 Bill. I don't need a pity book. I don't need a pity book. I was just saying I don't have it here. I'm gonna make sure you get a copy. I'm gonna make sure you get a copy. Um, but I think it's gonna. It, this is not. I'm not a theologian, so I'm not going out there and saying like, this is what's gonna happen. But it's gonna. I think it will. In my conclusion, I kind of put my thoughts together on what I thought, what, what struck me the most. And it was just a, a really cool experience to be able to ask people these questions and, you know, unpack a topic that I think really either terrifies people, they laugh at, yeah. they don't want to deal with, or, you know, they're confused by. So have you signed a movie deal yet? <laughs> I have not. But, you know, you mentioned my IMDb page. I actually was a raptured passenger on an airplane in left in the last left behind movie i was actually I, I really kind yeah. of had a starring role with no yeah that, that's why that's why it says uncredited <laughs> but it was almost starring but the, uh, i almost said something almost <laughs> the camera you can see the back of my head in first class um so there's no movie deal, but let me ask you a question. When you asked all these, and this is just a side note of me thinking out loud, when you asked, uh, when you went around and talked to all these pastors, did you film them so that you could put together something uh, in the end to make a you know bigger picture? Yeah, it's funny you asked that. We have we have not done that yet, but that's been a discussion of of doing a documentary on this because I think 
again, you know, the last thing, the last thing you want on these topics is to, and, and one thing I didn't mention, by the way, which is just a side note, is I don't know if you remember Harold Camping, but the guy who told yeah. everybody the end was coming. He said the end was coming uh, more than once. Think, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it didn't times. happen in May, so he moved the dates October. That didn't yeah, happen again. Yeah. Um, you know, we, there's a whole chapter in this book, though, about why that is something you're never supposed to do, right? Um, and, and the Bible says that do not, we don't know that nobody knows the day and the hour. You're not supposed to be doing that. But the danger of that, and all, a lot of these experts, all of them had all agreed on that. That was the number one thing they agreed on. Well, of course on, they would. I mean, days. yeah, I mean, and, and really that makes all, what it does is it, ru- I mean, it, it sets, a, first of all, it makes you look bad, right? And, and your, your, followers or flock or whatever you want to call them look bad and it also makes the real story a joke so why do it right which is exactly why people don't want to talk about this topic i think one of the reasons why it it becomes like you said it's sort of like a joke and in the case of harold camping i mean you you had people who sold all their belongings who got rid of their homes who gave all their money thinking this was going to happen and that's and that's a sad thing but yes to your broader question we are hoping to possibly do a documentary um on this because i think it's it's something people care about even if they don't believe they're interested sure they, they want to know absolutely. they want to know this is why they we're obsessed with zombie do. apocalypses <laughs> in well, entertainment well i mean it could happen billy i mean it could, you know it could and i'm sure michael it could happen in it, somehow. it could happen it's very possible, and I know you know. I know you probably want to promote your little podcast thing you got going on, whatever that is. What is that again? Oh yeah, that, well that's the Church Boys. That's Chris oh, yeah, Field yeah, and that I, thing. basically making no sense for almost an hour once a week, uh, and yeah, well, a bunch of interviews throughout. It seems to be doing okay. So you know, I mean, I, I know you're just throwing <laughs> it together, but it seems to be doing okay. So Armageddon Code. Oh yeah, okay. I'm up against the clock. They're hollering at me in my ear. Thank you, William Hollowell. Uh, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. I appreciate you. The third. The third. (laughs) Yes. Thanks, Billy. I'll see you later. Thanks a lot. All right. The Armageddon Code. Get it on Tuesday. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Absolutely agonizing. All right, so why in God's name has this not been uh, breaking news today? In Boston, starting Monday, Dunkin' Donuts is going to be delivering. This is a testing area for delivery service of Dunkin' Donuts. Um, We should be testing that in Dallas, Texas. Please. Please. Dunkin' Donuts delivering. Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks for being here today. Appreciate it. Anyone told you you look great yet today? No? (laughs) Well, you do. (laughs) Seriously. Um, Except you're not really going to wear that all day, are you? Ooh. Okay. Whatever. Looks good on you. Looks good on you. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.